Susan. Hi, Victoria. How's it going? I'm great. So I'm super excited um, that you and I are joining forces to launch what I think is a movement whose time has come called NED, short for No Expiration Date. Yes, this is very exciting. It's been a journey so far. We're just getting started. Yes, it's uh, something that I think will be uh, embraced by um, women uh, around the world. And I think it's really an idea whose time has come. Yeah, and when we first met, we had sort of a an instant kinship. And we kind of had kind of a meeting of the minds without even saying much. We just kind of knew, you know, that we had a certain chemistry, I think, came up with this concept that you started three or four years ago. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, NED for me stands for No Expiration Date. GC, of course, is Global Connections. So I see NED really as an overarching movement that is really meant to empower and celebrate women and really raise the societal consciousness and transform, I think, these negative stereotypes and perceptions of women and aging. Now, mind you, Susan, sometimes we are guilty of perpetuating also these negative stereotypes ourselves. So I, I do think that it's very important that we as women become agents of change and mm -hmm. be very careful about words that we use uh, to describe this uh, in terms of our maturation process. Because it's so easy to um, to just go along with the mindset of societal norms, just living living in our communities every day. We, we kind of adopt, adapt this collective consciousness about women and aging. And, and once we reach a certain age, oh, we probably shouldn't be doing this or we shouldn't be doing that. We should be following a set of rules, unspoken rules that aren't necessarily for everybody. Yes, I, I, I agree with you. And, and that's, this is really what really struck me. Once I reached the half century mark, I, I could tell in, in subtle and sometimes not so subtle ways, I was just more conscious of how I'm being viewed by the workplace and the society at large, even uh, men, you know, in relationships. And uh, I think that studies have shown that this is actually not just something in my head. This is a very real phenomenon. And women 50 and, and older have reported feeling that somehow they feel less valued. Um, they have also encountered very real bias, gender bias, um, that devalue who they are, right? And I think, like you said, it's just so well entrenched in society. It's been going on for years, right? And we just accept it at face value that somehow we're less than once you're 50 and older. And one day I was struck by the fact that when I was in a grocery store that all of these products have expiration dates. And I formed this analogy, which is why I came up with the name Ned, that my gosh, women are being viewed in the same way, that somehow we are less valuable, we're less vibrant, we're less attractive once we reach a certain milestone age. And by the way, I picked 50 because that seems to be, I think, 
something that people grab onto, uh, yeah. both men and women, because it is a marker, a significant yeah, it, marker. And it's a turning point for many, many people. And my, myself, I kind of reached that turning point in my late 40s. I was newly divorced and had, you know, this kind of new chapter in my life. I just had this new mindset of, you know, I'm, I'm older now, I'm, I can start my life over. So I mean, that that is a huge marker for a lot of people, whether, you know, whether their their kids are leaving the home, or, the, or maybe they're coming up to a place in their careers where they can change careers, or even maybe quit their jobs and follow their passion. Yes, I agree. And, and I think, what I was saying is 50 is not necessarily a magic number. Some mm-hmm. people start to feel some of this uh, negative perception and uh, biases, but even younger than 50, right? And certainly I was more conscious of it, I think because I'm in the workplace and I am running as an entrepreneur, these biotech ventures where I'm generally the sole female. And while certainly my partners have been for the most part, really wonderful and supportive. You just have this consciousness that collectively uh, you're being viewed differently as you, you know, progress. And yet I look at my male counterparts, the same is not applied to them, Susan, you know, all of these negative stereotyping and perception are for the most part applied towards women. Men become more distinguished as they age. (laughs) Women lose their appeal. You know, they're less sexy. It's almost the exact opposite. Men men become much more respected and revered. And for an older man, it's so much easier. I mean, I I realize that men also, as they grow older, they experience a certain amount of ageism, especially in the workforce. But for women, it's much worse because not only professionally, but personally. Yes. And actually, I wanted to read to you uh, something that I found really alarming that uh, was a position paper put out by the World Health Organization. And it says, ageism is a global challenge, according to the UN. Ageism leads to poorer health, social isolation, earlier deaths, and costs economies billions. And so they call for swift action to implement anti-ageism strategies. And they concede that while this has an impact, like you said, Susan, for both men and women, it is especially prevalent for women. And listen to this. It says every second person in the world is believed to hold ageist attitudes, leading to poorer physical and mental health and reduced quality of life for older persons. That's costing societies billions of dollars each year. It's astounding, isn't it? How do you think it costs society billions of dollars? Is it when when someone experiences, you know, ageism or um, any sort of repression, whether it's personally or professionally, is you know, it it does affect your mind and your mindset and your outlook on yourself. And so you automatically think, well, I don't deserve to get this promotion or I don't deserve to get this job. And so that's maybe what is causing these billions of dollars. I mean, just think if, if everybody had an independent attitude, like, yes, I am worth doing this certain thing or I'm I'm worth following my passion. Just think of all the productivity that could be realized. 
Well, according to this report, Susan, it says among older people, ageism is associated with poorer physical and mental health, increased mm -hmm. social isolation and loneliness, decreased quality of life and premature death. 6.3 million cases of depression globally are estimated to be attributable to ageism. Yeah, that speaks to the fact that if if you're viewed a certain way, it really does affect you on a very personal level. Well, and it's harmful. It says ageism costs our societies billions of dollars. A 2020 study in the U.S. showed ageism in the form of negative age stereotypes and self-perceptions led to excess annual costs of $63 billion for the eight most expensive health conditions. It's, it's all about the environment that you're in. Well, it has uh, an impact, um, especially for uh, women as they age in terms of uh, their employment. Bias is something that is expressed in subtle and not so subtle ways. Mm -hmm. So it has a very real impact on your earning, earning power, I think. Yeah, it, it absolutely older. does. And um, I really believe that, I mean, there's there's employment laws that have been put into place. Like you're not supposed to deny employment to someone just because of your age. But it's still it's still out there. Employers will find a way if they don't like someone just because they're older. Well, they're, we're not going to get much productivity out of them. She's 55 years old. Right. There's they can find they they can find ways to not hire that woman and not say that it's because of her age. Like, well, maybe you're not you're not experienced enough or you, you know, you don't have a teamwork sort of attitude or it, it still runs rampant. It doesn't matter what the laws are. Yes. And, you know, you're right. Obviously, uh, there are protections in place for which we are grateful against overt ageism, but there are ways around it. I mean, when you apply, you mm -hmm. put down your uh, where you went to school, then they want to know when you graduate. Yes. So anyone can do the math and figure it, figure out based on your graduation date, right. around, you know, what your age might be. Yeah. And not Although I, I'll have to interject and say, I kind of shirked that little way of doing it because I started college when I was in my early 20s, did not finish. I ended up getting married instead. And then I went back to college in my early 40s. So I graduated. I got a bachelor's of science when I was 44. Wow. And so, you know, and, and that happens with a lot of people. I, I understand it's not everyone goes to college and and, and completes their degree at 23. But um, I mean, yeah, that is that is definitely a tactic but oh, it can always be shirked. <laughs> no, it just occurred to me that in your case, it's actually smart, although that's not why you were doing it. That's not why so I when did you, it. So you have shaved off 20 years from your age just right. by the graduation date, if that becomes their metric. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's something that I feel, and you and I have discussed this, Susan, I feel very strongly that we need to be agents of change. I feel that we skirt around this issue of age because it's uncomfortable for both genders, men and women. I think for me, Susan, uh, the whole idea of NED and NED Global Connections is that I want it to be a safe place that we as women, 50 and up, 
uh, can have a conversation and be empowered to become catalysts for change and transform the way that we are being viewed by society as being less than, less valuable, less vibrant, less attractive, less strong as we progress in age. So for me, the issue is not the age itself. The issue to me is the meaning that is attached to age. And by the way, it's not for women. I think that the bar gets lower all the time. You know, for you and I were conscious because we're in that age band of 50 and up. But I know friends who feel that they are somehow experiencing some of this uh, bias already at the age of 30. Yeah. I think that we need to be very, very conscious of whether we are helping or hurting the cause of advancing and promoting um, a transformation in the perception of society as women mature in age. Yeah. And I, I believe that for most women, you know, no matter what, what their interests are or what their passion is or what, what they like, how they like to conduct themselves throughout life, the older you get, the more you come into your own skin, the more comfortable you get with yourself. You have a better sense of who you are the longer you're on this planet. And so it's sort of a, an anomaly that in that as you age, you know, as a society, we tend to be marginalized when in reality, we should be starting to come into our own and really realize our strength and our power, you know, with our family relationships, with our personal relationships and our professional relationships, we should be growing, we should be getting bigger and more apt to figure out who we are and what we how we want to contribute to society. Yes, I agree with you. I think, as you said, when we're when we're younger, we're still trying to find ourselves. Yeah, to navigate all these relationships and career choices. Exactly, and defining ourselves. And uh, I read once, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, that um, at, at 50 on up, you are more like who you really are. And mm-hmm. before that, it's all just research. Exactly. And, and I, I feel that that whole process of discovery should be rewarded, uh, not not looked uh, at in a very negative way, as I think happens today. There's just so much pressure, I think, for us as women, you know, and I think that with Ned GC, at least our hope, right, Susan, in really launching this series of podcasts is to really broaden people's horizons and, and to really celebrate women everyday women who are leading very inspiring lives, as well as historical women who have not been fully acknowledged for their contributions. Yeah, because we really have some lessons to learn with people that women growing up in the 1700s, the 1800s. There's some women back then that really were true trailblazers who are not in the history books. Nobody knows about them. And so part of what we are going to try to do with Ned GC is bring those women to the forefront and say, hey, these women that grew up way back in the 1800s, 1700s, when women were very marginalized, 
throughout their lives just broke through societal norms and did exactly what they wanted to do. Didn't take no for an answer and didn't um, care about what society thought of their aspirations. I think that what's exciting in this journey that you and I are taking, uh, hopefully with our NEDGC listeners, is that we can truly make a, a difference, I think. I, I'm always impressed with social movements that have been able to um, establish these changes and mobilize supporters very, very rapidly. And I think it can be done. First, we need to start by just changing the lexicon, the way that we refer to ourselves. It drives me crazy when women say, well, at our age. <laughs> at our age, we, we could be doing this or at our age, I'm not, I'm not able to do this anymore. We, we need to get rid of those mindsets. Or I'm too old. You know, yep. those are things that I think we need to stop saying, please, ladies, because mm -hmm. we're just limiting ourselves and all the possibilities. Or the, the vernacular, I'm too old for this. Nobody's too old for anything. If you want to do something and it's something you're passionate about, even if you can't do it physically, there's there's ways to either get involved in, in things that you are interested in. It doesn't matter how old you are. You could be I agree. 40, you could be 90, you could be 100. Yes. I think that what we're seeing also, the great thing is that people are living longer. Yes. So I think we it is incumbent upon us to decide how we are going to live our lives as we're, you know, fortunately living longer. But it's it's a matter of also trying to make sure that you're committed to living a very healthy lifestyle and that you remain engaged, right? And participatory yes. with the world at large. It's always good to be involved in, in whatever you are interested in. And I always like to say, you know, the older you get, there I go again with with the language, just <laughs> ne never, never stop moving, no matter how old you are, whether, whether you want to hike up a mountain or whether you just want to walk around your block and enjoy the sunshine. Because that's part of living a healthy lifestyle is never stop moving, never stop being engaged. That's, that's just the only thing that's going to enrich your life. Well, you know what's interesting about uh, you and I, Susan, another thing we share is we both have fathers who are quite advanced in, in age. My father is in his 80s. Yours is he's in his 70s. But they're still very healthy, independent, uh, yeah. autonomous. My dad is the one that um, I think instilled upon me my sense of adventure and my sense of independence. He was always um, very encouraging to me about following my heart and doing what I want to do. And yeah, he's, he's out, he's still, you know, he's almost 80 and he's, he's still outside working in the yard, you know, driving wherever he like he likes to travel just as much as I do. Yes. And my father's the same way. He's, he remains active. He's really into healthy eating. He exercises and you and I both sadly lost our, our mothers. Yes. Um, mine over 10 years ago, yours last year, it's fair to say they imprinted themselves on us. Yes. <laughs> and yes. has, it's probably informed a lot of our decisions and how we have chosen to, to live our lives. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's also that sense of loss. I mean, not only have we both lost our mothers, we both have had other big losses in our life. You with your brother and, you know, I've had 
friends that have passed away during COVID. So I felt very, very isolated. And then I think when you and I met, we we kind of instinctively got that from each other as far as our, our outlook on life. Like, yes, we have had losses, but we're not going to let that deter us from living our lives the best way we can. Yes. And I think another thing that our listeners can relate uh, with us, Susan, is as you alluded to, we both have had these rites of passage, right? We've had to, between losses, divorces, you know, we've had to start all over again. And I think that it's it's a little bit frightening, I'm not going to lie, but then there's also something very exciting, isn't it? Um, we, yeah. We've chosen to like embrace the change, go out and travel, meet with people, And I think as I shared with you, after my mother died, I was so devastated and having had a traumatic divorce, I didn't travel really for five years. It's hard for me to believe now that I didn't travel for five years since I have wanderlust like you. You had to grieve. You had to regroup. You had to do what you needed to do emotionally and spiritually to to just, you know, regroup and think about what you, you did want in your life. Because- Grief is a funny thing, you know, and it affects people in different ways. But for me, you know, when I lost my mom rather suddenly, I mean, we knew she was declining, but she, when she, when she went, she went pretty quickly. Um, I've just found myself like, you know, life is short. We're not, we don't have all of the time in the world. And so the time is now for me to do what I've always wanted to do. Yes. And I think that you and I also have this shared belief that Age is just a number. Exactly. Age should not define you. It should not limit you. It should not restrict you. And yeah. for God's sakes, we women should stop using this self-limiting language. We need to change the vocabulary, as I said, the terminology we use, phrases yeah. we use mm-hmm. that further you know, inhibit and limit us because words are very powerful, aren't they? Yeah, words are powerful. And and not only do we find ourselves saying those things in conversation, like, you know, I'm I'm 51 years old, or as I get older, when you say it, it, it kind of seeps into your consciousness. And so you know, I find myself thinking to myself almost every day, well, I'm, I'm this age. It's not like I'm saying I should be doing this at this age, but I always remind myself how old I am. And I shouldn't, I shouldn't be doing that. It doesn't matter. What does it really mean anyway? It doesn't mean anything. Right. I mean, we have, and that's, I think, our point with this podcast. First of all, when we have guests, we're not going to ever ask them their age. They can volunteer. But to me, ever since I was a child, somehow I always got it in my head that age is just not that important to me. But honestly, it is the last thing I ever ask anyone, if at all, because I just don't find that to be very interesting. It's not interesting and it's not important. I would rather want to know from a person, you know, what they believe in, what their passions are, how they think they should live their lives. And it's only a marker and it's not even a very um, reliable marker. You could ask somebody, how old are you? Oh, I'm 75. That immediately kind of invites a judgment of some sort. And there's no reason to judge anybody because you don't know who they are, that you've never walked in their shoes. You don't know what they've been through. 
and no two people age in the same way. Exactly. It's so much of a mindset, like you say. So, Mm -hmm. so what? I mean, if 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 I say, well, I'm 55, and uh, a friend of mine's 55, your your journey and experience are not identical. So, to me, it's a meaningless metric. And the the other thing, uh, as you know, Susan, one of my pet peeves is whenever I see in publication a woman's name and there's always an age. Have you noticed that? Yeah. When you're reading a newspaper article and it it states the person and then immediately their age, and that's usually for women. I mean, you don't see it so much for men. Exactly. And what exactly? So that is why when I first conceived of Ned, it's because I was really becoming tuned in and aware. As you mature, you start to see it. And I think to myself, what is that really adding <laughs> to the information yeah. about a person? It's, it's not, not anything it's not positive. Adding, it's not adding anything. If anything, you know, it's impressive when you when you read about someone who's in their 90s or even their 80s doing extraordinary things. That's That's impressive. But at the same time, we shouldn't be putting such a marker on this person is 80. So, you know, once I get to be 80, I should also be doing this. We're constantly comparing ourselves to other people. And that's another thing that needs to go away. I think that's that's a good point because you and I have discussed this before, Susan. Unfortunately, women have been hardwired just through pressure by society. From that, I think you become competitive with each other. And I noticed that with social media, it, oh, so and so. Social media has exacerbated that through the roof. And it, it sets such a bar, you know, oh, so-and-so looks amazing at 60. So I've yeah. got to also look just as good, just the pressure, Susan. Yeah. And, that pressure, is really- and you spoke a little bit before about, you know, the, the rate of depression in society that alone contributes to depression. And when you see someone on social media, who's got this fantastic life and this great body at 60, 70, 80 or whatever, and you, you know, that you'll never achieve that. That alone is a perfect stomping ground for leading to depression and, you know, thoughts of, you know, I'll never be good enough. We have to take away the comparisons and the societal pressure to be a certain thing at a certain time. Yes. I mean, can you and I agree that, yes, we know that society has done a number of us historically, right, mm-hmm. on women, but we ourselves have to stop being, uh, you know, complicit with that and just say, no, Uh, we need to stop putting age next to your name. Mm -hmm. Nothing good comes out of that, Susan. (laughs) It's not like, you know, they're going to put an age next to Susan Stevens' name and, oh, wow, you're going to get these accolades. No, it's actually used, like you said, in a a negative way, unfortunately, right? Mm -hmm. And I totally agree with you. We need to really make this change through NEDGC, being able to support and celebrate women so that rather than being competitive with each other, we look to establish meaningful connections. Quit comparing and helping each other and lifting each other up and figuring out how we can just elevate the the whole lexicon of what it means to be a mature woman who's comfortable in her own skin, who's able to do what she wants to do to enrich her life. Yes. And I really think there are ways, Susan, that we can not only be agents of change through the podcast, 
through connections. You and I are envisioning really the podcast to be mobile. We don't want to just be armchair adventurers right. <laughs> talking about adventure. We're going to be going places. We're going to London too. Yes, exactly. So we're going to take this podcast to where we started. Very meaningful for both you and I. Yes. And I, I, I'm super excited. We already have some exciting guests lined up that mm -hmm. I think will really be inspirational, don't you think, yeah, to other I mean, women? We've got some really outstanding women. And, and these are everyday women. They're not celebrities. They're not high-powered executives. These are everyday women who are doing extraordinary things. That's right. And also trying to rectify the fact that history has overlooked extraordinary women mm -hmm. and have not been fully celebrated for their accomplishments through the years. So I think it's going to be very exciting. Hopefully our listeners will tune in because we're going to try to achieve this balance of you and I traveling and having uh, people enjoy this journey and uh, vicariously live through us. Yes. We will most likely host some get togethers when we go to some of these cities and we will post that as well on our website. Yes. And then our podcast, I think, you know, it's going to be a learning experience as well for you and I just mm -hmm. uh, learning about women through history who've done extraordinary things have really paved the way to make it possible for women like you and I to be able to have these conversations. One of the things that I'm looking forward to in our podcast, our NEDGC podcast, is to really create a community of women and create a real conversation, not only with the guests that we're going to have, but also with our listeners. We, we want to communicate and connect with our listeners and find out what their journey is. By doing these podcasts, I, I want to be able to inspire and have women gain some insight into their own lives and try and figure out, hey, how can I make a difference? Not only in my own life, but, you know, in my circle of family and friends and community. And it's just about getting to know yourself and what you want to accomplish. Yes. Like you, I am so looking forward to meeting all these wonderful, interesting women and uh, being able to uh, contribute to their um, growth and their excitement about reclaiming their lives. I am just thrilled to embark on this journey with you. And I'm looking forward to being in London. Does that mean we're going to have our Negroni? Yes, we're going to have our Negroni and we're going to meet amazing women. And we just love London. It's not going to be just London. We will be going to all sorts of different places. Yes, I'm looking forward to embarking on this adventure with you, exploring the world, and hopefully make really deep and uh, long-lasting changes in how society perceives women as they uh, advance in age. Yeah, it's going to be a wonderful journey. Join Susan and I as we embark on this exciting journey of learning, travel, adventure, and activism through NED Global Connections. Together, we can transform lives.